Thank you so much for being here today. I know summer is takes people everywhere and anywhere, and it just means the world that you would be here. Uh, those of you that have been faithful for some time, thanks so much, so much for being a part of this community. Those of you that had the courage today to, to come for the first time or to come back for the second time, um, just thank you for having that courageous step. We know it can be difficult to show up somewhere new. And uh, we're just so grateful that you would do that. Uh, those of you that are joining us online, we know there's reasons and seasons uh, to be online, but thank you so much for taking time out of your life to, to join us here. And uh, so grateful for you. Uh, we're in a series right now that uh, we're going to take a, a one-week break from. We're, we're talking through the summer, a series called Pray Like This, where we're looking at the Lord's Prayer. And uh, uh, we've had a couple of weeks where we've talked about uh, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And then last week, uh, I wasn't here, but Tucker brought a word on your kingdom come, talking about the kingdom of God and he being the authority and the rule and how do we look primarily to his kingdom, not earthly kingdoms. And uh, Tucker did a fantastic job. I, uh, I'm sorry I have to do this, but I do need to correct one thing that Tucker did say last week. Um, which is not, and it's not fun to come back and correct last week's preacher, um, but I just want to make this very clear. Last week on Father's Day, I was in Paris, and I did not eat at Five Guys. It is not what happened. <laughs> I, I did not. I sent a picture of me in front of a Five Guys that maybe alluded to the fact that I could have eaten there, but I did not eat at Five Guys in Paris. Uh, I was with my daughter, Charlie. She wanted to go somewhere else. Uh, <laughs> Uh, we ate baguettes and cheese and everything. It was wonderful. Uh, but uh, excited to be back with you today. And uh, next week, our online-only content will be in the Pray Like This series, and then we'll continue on. But we're going to take a, a little one-week uh, hiatus from it, and uh, we're going to talk today on the subject of baptism. Um, some of you, if you are on our, our text list, uh, we sent out a, uh, a poll this week asking you uh, if you are baptized as an infant, if you are baptized of your own decision, or if you've not yet been baptized. And it was really fun to get some uh, results. Those of you that uh, texted back in, thank you for responding. Uh, if you're not on our text list, you just, uh, we'll put up, is it possible to get the new here slide right now? Uh, while I'm talking, we'll get a slide up here. It's got our phone number on it, 406-313-8668. Text new to that, and you'll get on this text list. And uh, we love hearing back from you guys. We've already, in this series, asked, like, hey, give us information on what is challenging about prayer for you. What are some, what are some things that you'd like us to talk about? So we love hearing from you. Uh, and so we do it often through this, this texting app, that, or this texting list that we use, uh, 313-8668. And it was really cool to see this week, um, there is uh, the majority of our church has been baptized of their own decision, but uh, there is a significant amount, more than 20% of our church uh, that's uh, responded, and I know that doesn't talk, uh, speak to everybody, uh, that either was just baptized as an infant or hasn't been baptized yet, and we had a whole nother string of people text in one and two, and that doesn't like register in the poll. We have to like try to add those as well. It's just the number of people, um, but uh, no, I, I get it. Uh, there's one and two uh, as an infant and as an adult, but it was really good to hear some of the feedback, and so uh, we're going to talk about baptism because this relates to a significant portion uh, of our community. We're going to look at two verses right now, Matthew chapter 28 verses 19 and 20, and we looked at this scripture uh, in our last series in ingredients, under the ingredients uh, of reproduce, that we are to share our faith to the next generation. Uh, it says uh, this in verse 19, therefore go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit 
teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you and be sure of this. I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Go make disciples, baptizing them. Like this is synonymous language here. It's not like go make disciples and maybe some of them, if there's a chance, you should baptize. Like being a disciple and being baptized is like synonymous here. So if followers of Jesus are going to go make disciples, it's, it's within their, their duty of responding to the call of Jesus to make disciples. They're teaching them. They're being an example, but they're also baptizing them. On the other hand, if someone is becoming a disciple, it is putting themselves in a position of learning uh, what Jesus taught, but also putting them in a position to be baptized. We're going to look now in Acts chapter 2. Uh, we looked at this scripture um, in the repent message of ingredients. And uh, this is after Peter gets up after Pentecost and he shares the gospel and there's so many people that are hearing and their hearts are stirred. And uh, it says this in verse 37 of chapter two, Peter's words pierced their hearts and they said to him and the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? Now that we've heard the gospel, how do we respond? Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. So it says repent, which if you were here for that message, repent is, is to, to make a turn that you are uh, turning away from that which is sinful and you're turning towards the character of God. It is signing up for the rest of your life of where you are. Repentance isn't just this one thing. You are turning and you are consistently pursuing a life after God. This is what repentance is. And so we talked about repentance. It says repent and be baptized. Like again, repentance and baptisms are so closely together. Making disciples and baptism, these are like synonymous moments. So uh, I think that it would uh, be irresponsible to teach on repentance and to have teached on reproducing and not teach on baptism. So therefore, a hiatus today. We talked about these things, um, but there you can't bypass baptism and how closely related it is to what we've been talking about recently. Um, repent, be baptized, every one of you. And I think that is a significant statement. That what, what is expected is that everyone who puts their faith in Jesus, God's desire that every believer for all time would be baptized. Now, I am aware that there is a, a portion of people uh, who have not been baptized, that this is like specifically, yes, this is for you. I do want to take a moment to address those of you that are the majority that have been baptized as an adult. Um, this is not just like check out, week off, didn't need to be here. Uh, I want to tell you that uh, I'm going to ask three things from you. Would you first take today to recall the significance of your baptism? You ever like been to a wedding and you start thinking about your own wedding? It's just the best. Uh, it's just like, oh yeah, that was so fun. Uh, or I would do this different this time. Uh, uh, recall, not just recall when you got baptized, but the meaning of your baptism. That ceremony, if we want to call it, of, of what you, uh, that step you took in your relationship with the Lord. Number two, I'd like you to evaluate. We'll talk about this a little bit later, but um, I think the baptism is similar to, to a wedding. It's uh, publicly making some vows in your relationship with God. You are, you are publicly demonstrating your commitment. I think that it's healthy to recall the significance of that baptism, but also let's evaluate, you know, when, when you got baptized, there was a statement of like, this is, this is a decision I've made. My intention is to follow Jesus for the rest of the days of my life. 
What's it look like to evaluate? Not just have in marriage said your vows however many years ago and then not even care, just like we said them, we're married, we don't have to worry if we're living them out. No, 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 it's important to evaluate. Are you living out the commitment that you said at that ceremony? So baptism, what's it look like for you today to evaluate what your baptism meant? And number three, I'm gonna ask you, would you take a posture of celebrating? I think that we ought to be a church that celebrates the fact that it is necessary to talk about baptism because we have people who are newly following Jesus. I think, I think we should be like, hey, we're talking about baptism every single year because we're anticipating that the gospel is going to reach more people and we need to let them know what baptism is. We, like, we should be excited if like six months from now I'm like, hey, sorry, hiatus, we're talking about baptism again. It shouldn't be like, oh, I didn't need to be here. It should be like, yes, God is on the move and we got new brothers and sisters. Like, let's talk about the significant moment of baptism and we can't wait to stand there with you and celebrate when you get baptized. So we're going to, uh, we're going to, Recall, evaluate, and celebrate. As humanity, there's something in us that likes to, uh, to show what we stand for, but only like if we really mean it. Like sports fans, you could be cheering for a fan or you could be wearing the Boston Red Sox ball cap. Like it just means something else. When you put it on display, any Yankee fan might walk past me, but I'm, I don't care. I'm gonna let them know Boston's my team. Uh, like you could have uh, a, an affection towards or a commitment to, you know, we, we see this in so many ways. You could, uh, I think a bumper sticker is a good example too. Like you could like, like a, a, a restaurant or a coffee shop or a candidate. It's a whole nother deal to slap something permanent on your vehicle and say, this is how much I stand for that park or that vehicle or, or that coffee shop or that restaurant. There's a difference between being attracted to and like identifying with. Uh, when I was in Paris last week, there was something inside of me and Charlie, like, we just, we got to buy a sweatshirt that says Paris. Like, it just, it doesn't have to even look good. Like, we just need, I was there. I made it to Paris. Like, there's something in us that, like, if it's meaningful enough, we put on the outside the commitment that we have on the inside. I want to tell you that, that baptism, it is going public with the, the commitment that you have towards Jesus, that we are to repent, turn towards God, and then go public to say, there's not just an attraction to God, there is an identity in my relationship with God. It is, it is going, it, it's crossing that line of not just, oh, this is something interesting, but like, no, I, this is an experience, this is a relationship, this is something that is so meaningful that it's not just gonna be an internal attraction anymore, I'm gonna put it on the outside, I'm gonna go public with the commitment that I have. I wanna answer a few questions surrounding baptism. The first question is, what is baptism? I'm gonna give you three answers. If you're a note taker, this is one of those special weeks for you. We got three points here. Uh, for what is baptism? Number one, baptism is the immersion in water with the purpose of identifying with Jesus. Baptism is the immersion in water with the purpose of identifying with Jesus. When someone gets baptized, it is a public confession that that person is committing themselves to be fully the property of Jesus. Like, I, I'm identifying with you. And I wanna make it clear that when you get baptized, and should you get baptized uh, at Anchor Church, you're not being baptized into this church. You're not being baptized into a religion. You're not being baptized into a relationship with me or anyone else. You are being baptized into identity with Jesus. Like that is, that is who you're identifying with. You are going public and identifying with him. 
Uh, the biblical model that we see is the immersion in water and baptism by, I mean, the defining definition of baptism is submersion, completely surrounded. So when uh, it's possible, we like to, to follow through with this and baptize by submersion. Like, let's get all the way under that water and come back, back up out of that water, which does sometimes pose other questions like, what about sprinkling? What about dabbing? What about pouring water over the head? Uh, do these count? Do those work? Did I not get baptized because I didn't go fully under? Did the, uh, I would just say, when we have the opportunity to submerge, we're going for the dunk. Like, I just think that that's the biblical model we see. But I, I'm convinced that it is the heart of what you are doing that matters more than how much water you were put in. Like, when you dunk someone, I've had like someone hold onto the edge or a toe pop up. There's nothing in me that's like, oh no, it didn't work. You were like, God's not like 98% satisfied and you just get them back in. Like, I don't think that's the heart of baptism. I think there are probably certain moments where, you know, someone's on their deathbed or maybe there's, there's certain reasons where baptism can look different than submersion. There may be a time and a place where just some water, a dab or sprinkling might be the appropriate statement of God. I, I'm, I'm making the same statement of I am identifying with you. And uh, so I think there may be opportunities for that, but we prefer when the opportunity is uh, available to be fully submerged. Look at this in Romans chapter six, starting in verse one. It says, well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. Like saying, because God forgives, he's so merciful, like, can we just do whatever we want? Because uh, he'll just always forgive us. He's like, no, we don't do that. We have died to sin. How can we continue to live in it? Or have you forgotten Listen to this. When we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we, were join, we joined him in his death. For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. We were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Since we've been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. The scripture correlates now baptism and burial. Like they're synonymous in this, this point. So point number two of what is baptism, I want to say this for you note takers, baptism is the funeral for the old you. Baptism first, it's the immersion in water with the purpose of identifying with Jesus. Secondly, it is the burial for the old you. This, this scripture is saying that, um, that we were united with Christ. And what baptism symbolizes is that we joined him in his death. And as you go under, it is your burial. The old you before Jesus is buried and you come up to new life and the old stays behind. It is this symbolic what happens when you put your faith in Jesus is you are putting behind the old you. And you are unified with Jesus in his death, burial, and resurrection. Baptism signifies uh, this transition point, the end of a life of sin and the beginning of a new life in Christ. The person who you were before is dead and you are raised now in Jesus as a totally new creation. I love 2 Corinthians 5. It's like talking about this celebration of the old. We remember the old, but the old me is gone and the new has come. And it's a celebration of having a funeral for the old you. Um, We'll talk more about um, salvation, and um, I, I don't believe that baptism is the moment of salvation, but it's, it's pretty close. We're going to talk about it in just a second here. But uh, I do want to say that um, I think there's people who have put their faith in Jesus. You're saved. You, you're forgiven. You're going to heaven. And maybe 
some of the challenges that you continually face and the being brought back into some of the old way of life, the old habits, is because you're still carrying around the old you. We've not yet had a proper funeral for that old guy. I think that some people are just carrying around the stench of who you used to be because we haven't had this moment of saying, no, we are burying that. I'm, I'm not holding on to it anymore. That's not who I am. I'm going to bury the old, and I'm going to come up and leave that behind. I think some of you, there is power in baptism because it is obedience. It is identifying with Christ, and it is saying, it's, just, it's like a line in the sand of like that old me that I kind of continue to go back to. It, it's, it's dead, and now it's buried, and I'm not dragging it around with me anymore. The, the baptism can be a funeral for the old you. And, and finally, number three, I want to say baptism is an outward symbol of an inward commitment. Outward symbol of an inward commitment, similar to the jersey or a bumper sticker. But probably my favorite uh, analogy for this, and I've, I've talked about this before and I'll never stop using it, uh, but probably my favorite analogy for baptism is, is a wedding ring. Um, that this, this wedding ring isn't necessarily what makes any of us married, but it is a statement to anyone who might see it that, um, that if you're wearing a wedding ring, that you've made a decision, that you, there's faithfulness, there is commitment, that you're not, you're not dating around, you're not shopping around, you're not on the market, you're not indecisive. It says, like, I've come to a place in time where I have made my decision, but that for the rest of my days, I'm faithfully committed to this one person. That's what this wedding ring symbolizes. And uh, it, there's so much beauty and meaning. As much as I could not wear this ring or have never worn this ring, and I'm still just as married, it is missing a very valuable component of my my relationship of letting anyone and everyone know the commitment and that I can look at and remember the faithfulness and commitment that I have vowed to, the covenant that I'm living under. And I think that baptism is very much the same way. It is saying to anyone and everyone that I have made my decision, that I'm not like still curious shopping around. As, as much as in marriage, there's so much more to learn how to be a husband after baptism. There's so much more to learn about being a follower of Jesus. But you have, you have made the distinct decision of I am faithfully committed to following Jesus for the rest of my life. And anyone and everyone knows that that is the commitment I've made. And it's, it's a beautiful thing to, to have in your relationship with Jesus. It's uh, immersion in water with the purpose of identifying with Jesus. It's the baptism for the old Jew, and it's an outward symbol of an inward commitment. I want to look at uh, Jesus's baptism here in Matthew chapter 3, starting in verse 13. It says, Then Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. But John tried to talk him out of it. I'm the one who needs to be baptized by you, he said, so why are you coming to me? But Jesus said, it should be done, for we, we must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him. After his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened, and they saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. Such a beautiful picture of the Trinity here. And a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved Son, who brings me great joy. Or some of your translations might say, this is my dearly loved son with whom I am well pleased. Like there's this joy and this pleasure that we hear from God. Um, I just look at Jesus saying, this is something that God requires. This is something that, that uh, is, is meaningful. And if Jesus felt like it was necessary, I just don't think we could bypass how important, how necessary this step is. And if Jesus is our model, if he's our example, if he's who we follow uh, and he did it, I think we just do what Jesus did. You know, I think if this was the only statement of baptism in the whole scriptures, I think we should just all go find some water and get baptized. If Jesus did it and it's something I can do, I want to do it. Uh, Jesus gets baptized. And I love that in this moment, 
Jesus gets baptized. He comes up out of the water. And I love that uh, it's insinuating that God is, is so attentive. The Father is watching. And it says, as soon as Jesus comes up, publicly identifies his faithfulness and his commitment to the Father, God can't help but speak up. God's been watching all along, but it's one of those moments where like he just can't help. He's like, that's my boy. That's my kid. You know, like the guy in the stands that uh, watching their kids play sports, like wants everyone to know that one is mine. Like there's these moments where something so significant brings so much joy and so much pleasure. I love that the father can't keep his mouth shut. He just has to yell out, that's my kid. I'm so pleased. He's bringing me so much joy. Like this moment is so significant in bringing the father pleasure. I love the idea that we can bring the Father pleasure when we make a public statement of, I've decided that I'm faithfully devoted and committed to you for the rest of my days. It just makes him so pumped that you would identify with him. Um, my wife, she's amazing, and uh, she's, she's very good looking, and other men sometimes notice that and, uh, and show her some attention, hit on her. And um, one of my favorite, I, I don't like when that happens, but one of my favorite things when that does happen is Danny's come up with some moves to just kind of flash the wedding ring. Like if it's the car next to her, you know, just like flip the hair, scratch the head, and like <laughs> the wedding ring's out there. Or if it's a cashier, like hand the credit card with like, you know, <laughs> just like make it very apparent, sorry, bud, uh, taken. And whenever that happens, there's just something inside me. Yes! Like, she, she identifies with me. She's not ashamed of me. She's chosen. She's faithful. She's submitted. She's mine. Like, I just, there's something about her not being ashamed that she's taken that as a husband, I can, all right, I'm good, you know? I just think that this is, this is an example of like what God sees and how he feels when you choose to say, I don't care who's looking. I'm not interested in your attention. I'm not interested in your affections. I have chosen that I am a recipient of the gospel of Jesus and I am a believer and he is my Lord and I am identifying with him. And you guys can bring whatever distractions, attention you want, but it's not swaying me because I'm faithfully devoted. That's what your baptism is. It is your wedding ring saying like, I'm not on the market. I've chosen and I'm faithful. And you remind yourself, I, I, I've chosen. He loves me. I love him. And we are going to stick together for the rest of my days. This is what baptism is. Second question, when should I get baptized? It's 1106. We're going to fly through this. Maybe. No, we will. When should I get baptized? Everything I read in scripture is like right away. It's amazing how many times people get baptized the same day or even the same hour that they heard the gospel for the first time. There's not like this waiting period of proving. There's not classes that need to be taken. They just get baptized like immediately. Look at this in Acts chapter four, for example, or Acts chapter eight, for example. It says, this eunuch asked Philip, tell me, was the prophet talking about himself or someone else? They were reading scripture together and says, so beginning with the same scripture, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. As they rode along, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, look, there's some water. Why can't I get baptized? Is it okay if I get baptized? And he ordered the carriage to stop, and they went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. He heard the gospel for the first time, understood the grace of Jesus for the first time, and asked the question, is there anything that stops me from getting baptized right now? And he said, no, nothing. Like, let's seal the deal right now. Let's go identify with Jesus in this moment. 
Acts chapter 16, there's a story of Paul and Silas. They'd been arrested. They're put in prison. And uh, it says about midnight, they began to worship and sing psalms to the Lord. And uh, then an earthquake hits and the power of God shows up and their chains fall off and all the prison doors open. And uh, the prison guard was like terrified that all the prisoners escaped, was going to kill himself. Paul says, no, don't kill yourself. We all stayed. And they said, why'd you stay? And he says, so we could tell you about Jesus. And they tell him about Jesus. And uh, this begins at midnight. I don't know how long the process starts, but I don't know. We're one, two in the morning right now. And this jailer hears the gospel and it says at that very hour, he and his entire household get baptized. Middle of the night baptisms. This is crazy. I love it. It's immediate that they get baptized. Look at uh, Acts chapter 22. Saul is talking about his conversion and uh, he experiences the power of God. And in verse 16, God says, what are you waiting for? Get up and be baptized. On his way to go murder Christians, he experiences the grace of God. And moments later, God says, what are you waiting for? Go get baptized. Everything that we read is like immediately. It is as if you are putting your faith in Jesus, your first act of obedience is baptism. We don't see classes, education, proving periods, observation periods. And I don't say this to criticize other communities of faith or other, other denominations. It's just how we see scripture. I do need to take a really quick moment right now before we wrap up to talk about um, what we believe in, in as far as like infant baptism or baby dedication. I'll make this really brief. If you've got questions, we can talk more later. In scripture, we see, um, we see not, we don't see babies being baptized. We see babies being dedicated. Jesus himself, uh, he was dedicated in the temple as an infant. And then it wasn't until he was 30 years old that he got baptized. Old Testament, you can look at the prophet Samuel. As an infant, he was brought to the temple and dedicated to the work and the service of the Lord. So the model that we see is that uh, children are dedicated to the Lord. And then when a child is at the age where it is their own personal decision to be a follower of Jesus, that's where the baptism takes place. That it is a personal decision. It's not mom and dad wanted me to get baptized or mom and dad wanted to make sure I got to heaven so they they got me baptized as an infant. It is my decision to identify with Jesus and therefore I get baptized. So what about those who have been baptized? What if you were baptized as a baby? Do I need to do it again? Did it work? Why would I need to get baptized? Um, Here's my question I want to pose to you. Those of you that have been baptized, either as an infant or even any stage of your life, I think the important question to ask is, was your decision to get baptized to display your personal commitment to Jesus? Was it your decision to display your personal commitment? That's what, that's the meaningfulness of baptism is I, I decided to publicly display my commitment to Jesus. If that was the motivation behind your baptism, that's awesome. That's what it is. That's what we celebrate. That's what we remember. That's what we recall. If your baptism was not your decision and it wasn't because you were identifying with Jesus, I think then the question is, well, what should I do about that? Um, I would say this. Um, I don't believe that baptism saves anybody. It is not our works that save us. Consistent message throughout scripture. Our work, our behavior doesn't save us. It's the grace of God and faith in Jesus alone that saves us. But it is so consistently clear that when you put your faith in Jesus, baptism is like what you do. It's like this is, this is, it would be silly to marry Danny and then never, never identify with her. Like what you do is you, you identify with the person that you are faithfully committed to. Um, we believe that believing is the salvation issue, but I think what a helpful example of 
baptism not being essential for salvation, it's not the normal story, it's an exception to the rule, but I'm grateful it's in scripture, is the thief on the cross who lived a sinful life. He's being killed for his crimes. He's beginning his time on the cross, mocking Jesus. By the end of his time, he calls out and says, uh, remember me when you enter your kingdom. He's essentially saying, like, I actually do believe you are the king. I actually do put my faith in you. And Jesus says, today you'll be with me in paradise. I love that Jesus didn't say, I would love for you to join me, love your faith, this is great, uh, but you gotta find a way to climb off that cross, find some water, dip yourself in it, nail yourself back to that cross, and then you'll be with me in paradise. He doesn't, he's like, I, I see what's in your heart. Now, I believe if that guy had a chance to live another few days or weeks or months or years, he had better get baptized. He better have identified publicly with the faith that he was declaring. But it does insinuate to us that um, salvation is not dependent on baptism, but salvation with time left in your life ought to lead to baptism. Uh, let me say it this way. Baptism is the first step of obedience. And if we don't follow the obedience of being baptized, I don't believe we're following Jesus. That it is the first step of obedience. You want to follow Jesus. He makes it very clear. If you have the opportunity, you get baptized. So those of you that have been baptized as an infant, what do we do here? Um, I would say repeats are okay, not always necessary. Um, maybe you guys have seen or witnessed people who have renewed their vows. I remember the one time when my parents renewed their vows after they've been married for a long time. Um, what's cool about vow renewals um, is it doesn't mean that the marriage didn't happen. It's like saying, hey, we've been through a season of time now, and I just want to make this clear, like, I'm, I really am still committed. I'm faithful to this. Some people, they renew their vows because they had a really rocky season or seasons of unfaithfulness or distance. It's like, hey, we don't want to give up on this. Let's renew those vows that we said however many years ago. And uh, when someone renews their vows, and I remember when my parents renewed their vows, no one in the audience was like, dumb, worked the first time. <laughs> Everyone's like, this is really amazing. This is really cool that after what they've gone through, they're still faithfully devoted to each other. They're committed to this, that they're not giving up on this. I think it's beautiful. I think some of you who have been baptized, I don't think we should just like get baptized every time we see enough water to get baptized in. I don't think that's necessary. But for some people, um, maybe as an infant you were baptized and it's never been like, this is my decision. I think it's a beautiful thing to do. I think maybe some of you were baptized of your own decision. And you know what? It's been a season of distance. It's been a season of unfaithfulness. And maybe it's time to say, you know what? I'm going to renew those vows. It's time to be faithfully committed, publicly demonstrate again that I'm, I'm, I'm not giving up on this. I'm going to stay faithful to the Lord. Spencer, if you want to come up, the rest of the band, you don't need to. We'll wrap this up in just a second. If you're willing and able, just stand with me. We're going to wrap this up. And I want to speak real quickly to the believer. You're here today. You do consider yourself a follower of Jesus. Um, baptism is a simple yet incredibly profound act of obedience. And if you've not taken this step, uh, you need to. And as a church, those of you that have been baptized, um, July 31st, we're going to have a baptism Sunday, and we're going to celebrate the baptisms of those in our community who are going to publicly demonstrate their identity in Jesus. Some of, you, um, some of you really need to bury the old you. It's been around long enough. And baptisms are such a beautiful moment to say the old is gone. I'm living with the new that has come.
to the unbeliever here today, I want to say that uh, baptism is so beautiful. It's so incredible. It's so powerful. We're so excited for baptisms. But you, uh, you can't take part in baptism without first embracing the reality of what it represents. A relationship with Jesus who loves you, who came and took the punishment and penalty for your sins so that you could experience life abundant and life eternal. So you could have forgiveness, you could have hope, you could have purpose. The only step previous to baptism is receiving the grace of God on your life. I want to tell you, um, the fact that you're here today or you're listening online is evidence enough for me that God is hot on your trail. He loves you. He's not done with you. He's pursuing you. He's after you. He's not angry. He's not, he, he, he loves you. He wants you to experience the life and the hope that he has to offer. First step is saying yes to Jesus. That doesn't mean you have it all figured out. These guys heard the name of Jesus for the first time and got baptized that hour. Certainly most of their spiritual growth happened after that. They didn't have to qualify for it. It was like, Jesus, I'm interested. Uh, I'm attracted. I'm curious. I'm, I, I want to grow in this. And when you experience his love on your life, it's just saying, I'm all in. Maybe today is your day to say yes to Jesus. And how cool to immediately follow it up with, with baptism. If you've not uh, decided to make Jesus the Lord of your life, today is the ideal opportunity for you. You don't have to say certain words. You don't have to go through any ritual or have someone pray with you. You can just write where you're at. Just, Jesus, I want your forgiveness. I want hope. I'm tired of being the own, my own Lord of my life. I'm ready for you to take the reins here. Man, he just loves you. He's going to swoop in, show you so much love and grace and compassion. As a simple response today, um, we have a sign-up available for baptisms. It's going to be July 31st. I know that's not going to work with everybody's calendar, so if we need to figure out something, we can uh, beyond that. But July 31st, uh, our intention right now is to set up church outside in the parking lot because we can't have a baptism wall on this gym floor. And uh, we're just going to just worship and baptize, and it's going to be amazing. And we're going to pray with and celebrate. Um, so the way to register is on the QR code. Uh, on the chair in front of you. Um, and if you don't have a smartphone, you can uh, head out to the welcome booth. We can help you out with this. But you scan the QR code and uh, you hit that link. The very top option is sign up for baptism or baby dedication. Maybe you're a parent, so you'd like to dedicate your baby. Um, we're going to do dedications and baptisms on the 31st. And uh, we're just going to celebrate what God's doing in this community and this family. Super simple. And if you sign up, it doesn't mean you have to. We'll talk to you. We'll answer any of your questions. Maybe you're, you're curious about some stuff. Uh, just put your name and contact information right there, and someone's going to get a hold of you quickly. And um, we'd love to talk to you about it and, uh, and have an amazing time uh, on July 31st. I'm going to pray for you. We're going to call it a day. Lord, love you. Thank you so much um, for this community of faith that you allow us to be a part of. Lord, you are our king. You are our hope. You are our anchor through every storm. You're our anchor through every trial. You're our anchor through every difficult circumstance, every difficult decision, every financial trial. You, you are our anchor. And we know that our anchor doesn't take us out of storms, but it sustains us through the storms. So Lord, we, uh, we look to you. You're the hope that we're all searching for. You're the way, you're the direction that we're all trying to figure out. 
truth that we're all trying to discern and you're the life, you're the abundance that we're all desperate for. So we look to you. You are the Lord, the King, the ruler. You're the leader. It's a privilege to follow you. Lord, we thank you for um, just ways that you've spoken to hearts today. I know a simple topical message um, was presented today, but you're at work in hearts. I pray for those who are sensing this attraction to you, your spirit's working inside of them. Lord, I just ask that you just continue to shower your love and your mercy and your grace, and there would be a response to you. Lord, I, I just right now begin looking forward to July 31st, and I just believe that you're stirring in people's hearts right now. Maybe there's some courage right now to, to sign up and, and get baptized. Lord, I just pray that you just stir in people's hearts to take the step of obedience, the significant moment, and um, that we as a church just get to celebrate your goodness, your faithfulness, and that you are still chasing down your sons and daughters. You're still bringing the one lost sheep back to the fold, and uh, you're doing it. What a privilege to be a participant at any level. Lord, we love you. Thank you that you know the week that is before us. Uh, the next two weeks before we gather corporately, you know. And uh, thank you that you guide and you lead. Let us follow you, Lord. Be sensitive to your spirit and uh, show your love and your grace to this community. You're amazing. We love you. Thank you for this church. It's your name we pray. Amen.